Hello, Stone Apes and others who are curious about the healing powers of psychedelic medicines. Welcome to the Stone Ape Reports. I'm your host, Stuart Preston. Each episode, I talk to another Stone Ape, somebody who has experienced the transformational powers of psychedelics, or with a practitioner who works with these medicines. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with someone who can share both sides of that, Jim Villarreal. Jim is the founder of Gold Cap Integration Network, a network of practitioners who offer entheogenic support from preparation to integration. He shares his own stoned ape story of working through PTSD and alcoholism with ayahuasca and psilocybin, as well as great information on really benefiting from your experience. So please enjoy this episode with Jim. Jim, thank you so much for joining me here. I'm excited to talk to you about um, not only your personal journey, but some of the things that you're doing out there in the community to, to help other Stone Dapes. So thank you for coming and joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Stuart. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we, uh, why don't we start, if you don't mind, telling us a little bit about, you know, your, your Stone Dape story. What, you know, what brought you to psychedelics? You know, I read a little bit on your website about some of the things you were dealing with and going through and, and your approach to medicine, quote, medicine overall. So, you know, maybe you can kind of share your story about how you came to this and in the transformation that you went through. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So um, let's see here. I grew up uh, in the United States, uh, mm-hmm. predominantly uh, in uh, Kentucky, which is a part of the Bible Belt there. And I also yep. uh, had, uh, I was very lucky as well. My, my father moved to California when I was young, so I got to go see him every summer. So I got uh, the best of both worlds, East Coast and West Coast. Mm. And, um, you know, spending most of my time in the South, uh, you know, I was spoon fed a lot of dogma through Catholicism. And uh, very quickly, I was rejected by the church because my uh, parents were divorced when I was two. And uh, they didn't let me go through the Holy Communion, uh, even though I went to Sunday school, all that stuff. So at, a, at the very start of my life, I uh, already had a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth from religion. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's where it really started. When I started questioning things, uh, I pretty, pretty much became an atheist. Um, and, you know, as we are told or taught in the United States uh, or in any Western country, we need to be successful monetarily, become a businessman or whatever that may be, whatever we're forced into. And uh, I thought I would make my family happy and do that. So that's mm-hmm. when I did. I, I, you know, uh, I won the T-shirt, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I got to say is I was miserable, man. I was really miserable. Um, even though I was married at the time, you know, uh, I was making a ton of money. I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. So, um, you know, being an atheist at that time, I, I, I knew I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask for help. So what I did was, is I just decided to say a prayer out loud. I just decided to ask whatever this is at the time, uh, for help. Wow. And, um, it, it showed up, but I wasn't awake enough to see it. Right. So, you know, I, with my experience with spirituality, um, you know, the universe has a way of showing up and, and building up uh, until you're able to look at your stuff, right? So yeah. it, it kept coming, wasn't listening. And uh, the real helper, the real grace came in and it wasn't so pleasant, but it was through PTSD. Um, there was a violent robbery that occurred um, at work one day and uh, it really uh, shook me up, you know, as it would anybody. Um, and 
uh, it, it changed my life at that point in time. I had an out-of-body experience. I thought I had died. Um, I, I had PTSD, a severe amount of PTSD for probably about a good two weeks where I was barely eating, drinking. Uh, I could barely sleep. My uh, wife at the time was really worried. Um, she wanted me to go to a psychiatrist and get uh, depression medication, and I just didn't mm -hmm. want anything to do with that, you know? So, um, you know, I was essentially running, I was on the right side of what I would call life's train tracks. And I was stuck in this cyclical loop of, uh, how could I, how could I change that? Uh, what happened to me, even though I made it out alive, I've already done everything correctly. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I was still thinking about grabbing the gun and kicking the guy on the balls and, you know, being the hero, you know, I wanted right. to really do something about it and be a man. Yeah. And, uh, I was stuck in it really, really stuck. And, uh, meditation came in, um, uh, Zen in particular, Zen meditation for some mm -hmm. reason, insight that I was having. Uh, and that was the opposite side of the train tracks, like the other side where I could see it, but I didn't know how to get over there just yet. And um, so what I did was I just did some research, came across Alan Watts. Next thing you know it, I'm sitting in a, zen, uh, a Zendo and I'm practicing at least six, seven hours a day until I eradicated the PTSD. Had wow. some deep uh, spiritual experiences with that. Found I needed a teacher. I drank ayahuasca and then the rest is history. So it's the meditation, it sounds like, is what got you through and over the PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And, and there may have been little tidbits of, uh, or stickiness or whatever you want to call it, uh, that was left over from the PTSD. Um, you know, we, we as humans, uh, or I'll speak for myself, I carry things mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the ayahuasca was a way for me to purge the rest of it. And uh, mm. also eradicated alcoholism as well. So I was, even though I was meditating and I had uh, essentially, um, you know, uh, dissolved the PTSD, I was still a part of a fraternal culture where I was going out to the bars, getting drunk every weekend. Mm. You know, hump day comes around, we're getting drunk again. So I was pretty much hung over my whole life, man. Mm. Got caught up in that cycle. And the next thing you know it, uh, it's a crutch. And, yeah. And so that's what ayahuasca did for me. I, I threw it all up in a bucket. <laughs> so you want to tell us about that experience? I mean, what was, yeah. you threw up, you threw your alcoholism and some of the, the trailing bits of PTSD up into a bucket, but what, what was the emotional side of that? I mean, we don't need to go through a, a trip report, right, per se, yeah. but, you know, what, what was the experience like and, and how did it inspire you to kind of go the direction you've gone? Yeah, yeah, I would love to share that with you guys. Um, so uh, I was uh, in sales for about 13 years of my life. And hmm. uh, within a sales environment with the, the people I was trained by, I had built myself a pretty big ego. And even though I was meditating and having deep experiences, there was still some a lot of a resistance. And when I went to the ceremony, um, you know, I had this like, uh, fuck, man, like it was almost like a, a part of me that was like, oh, ayahuasca, you know, I... I got this, you know, it's, I'm going to meditate my way through this. As soon yeah. as it came in, man, it just kicked my ass. It showed me, um, you know, without going into a trip report, but it, it actually showed me all the things that I've done to other people, 
by putting me in their shoes and actually observing my behavior through their eyes, which mm. is really, really difficult. Um, yeah. But each time one of those things in my past were coming up into the psyche, I would throw up. And I had this experience of throwing up that, uh, that negativity or that darkness or that shadow into the, the bucket. And I felt lighter and lighter as time went on. And then uh, sooner or later, I felt so light that I felt like I was floating away. I had to ask for help because I wasn't used to that feeling. And then they guided me inside of myself. And the next thing you know, it, I'm having a transformative experience of what I would uh, explain as the cosmic serpent or the um, God uh, that I was just consciousness floating in the ether, uh, the yeah. observing this uh, creator. Wow. My perspective on life, totally. From all that from an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah that, that is pretty. Talk about it, spirit, you know, it does bring up, uh, you know, it still brings up a lot of, you know, so it brings up emotion and, and a lot of gratitude uh, for myself for, for having mm -hmm. the bravery to go do that. And then also for the medicine that was, that came to me at that time. How did the medicine come to you at that time? I mean, how, how did you, I know you said you, you did some research, but how did you come to, to ayahuasca? How did you find that? And, and how did uh, La Madre call you? Yeah, through my heart. Through your heart. It was through my heart. It, it felt like a pull. Um, hmm. You know, this is how I, when people come to me, they say, I think I want to do ayahuasca. I think I want to do mushrooms. And I say, I don't know if it's for you right now because it's coming from thought, right? They may say, yeah. you know, Billy down the road had ayahuasca and he's living a great life. So I need it. But that's not true. It's all thought process, right? Yeah. So how I was guided was through this very strong feeling in my heart. It felt like sadness but it was actually a pull. It was like a magnetic uh, draw towards the medicine. Hmm. And I was very lucky, uh, Stuart, because, um, you know, I was at a Zendo that uh, was very open about these types of things. And a psychiatrist actually of, uh, I can't really go into too much detail about where mm -hmm. he does his work, but he, uh, he introduced me to a group after I told him about the meditation experiences that I had. And he said, this is for you. He was like, you get a grounded meditation. And he said that if you feel like you're called to do ayahuasca, I'm going to introduce you to a group. And then the rest is history. Next thing you know, it, I think about four to five months later, about 20 ceremonies in, I decided I was going to go down to the jungle and do uh, three. I think I did about three dietas, I believe. That's what it, yeah, so I did two with the mestizo tradition and then one with the sequoia tribe. Well, wow, and you said three, what was the word you used? Dieta, which is essentially Oh, diet. dieta. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The diet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you did a, you did a, you had 20 ceremonies in your history and then you went down to South America. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. roughly about 20 different ceremonies. And then I realized I wanted to work with her in her home, which is the job. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. That must've been quite an experience. Oh yeah. No, I can't even, it's words can't go there. Yeah. I guess that's the point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah mm. so i guess you had uh you had some experience also with psilocybin you know so i don't know if you have uh, a, a story of transformation yeah uh, from that experience you want to share yeah i'd love that i would love to share that one too um so uh, on my second dieta which was in ecuador uh with the sequoia tribe we um 
got a chance to work with a very ancient tradition that predated Incan, a predated Incan civilization, wow. uh, which was a very old practice that I was lucky enough to witness. Hmm. And uh, that took a lot of integration work because the medicine that they, they were working with was very strong. They had three different types. And uh, wow, it really, you know, it, it brings all my, it brings all your shit to the surface, you know? Yeah. And uh, I decided I was going to integrate in the Andes Mountains up there in PSAC in, uh, in Peru, which is right next to uh, Cusco. I don't know if you're familiar with that area, are you? I've never been there, but I know the area you're talking about. Okay. I think when you start uh, researching ayahuasca ceremonies and other ceremonies in South America, that always comes up. Mm, yeah, it's really popular. Uh, like, uh, it's an it's a epic, center, epic center for that. Yeah, type. yeah. Well, I was, I was there and um, <clears throat> I was going through a separation. I, I was uh, married for about 13 years of my life and I was going through pretty difficult separation. And um, hmm. so I took about a month to integrate the experience I had in Ecuador in, in the mountains there. And uh, one morning, actually, I had a really deep dream. Um, I had a dream of... Uh, of being in a vehicle um, where I was in the vehicle, I was living my purpose. I felt like I had found myself, but everybody on the outside of the car, it was like I was driving through a mob of people and they were trying to break through my car and tell me that what I was doing was evil and what, what I was doing was wrong. Hmm. And, um, and I, I started uh, sobbing, absolutely sobbing in the dream, so much so that I woke up sobbing. Mm. And I that carried that feeling on into the day and somehow, some way, you know, these mushrooms or these, these uh, uh, plants and fungus, they have, if you're clear enough, you can listen to them. You can listen to what they have to say. And I had a clear message to take a microdose of some mushrooms that a friend had gifted me. Mm. So I took a half a gram and uh, I sat down and I meditated with it and I just had a deep, uh, a deep somatic purge of crying. And I was told to uh, take five grams in the mountains by myself. And so what I did was I felt so strongly about that, that I packed up my 60 liter uh, Kelty hiking bag with firewood and hiked up the mountain to find my place where I was going to be doing my uh, personal ceremony. So uh, right around the time after I got everything set up, I ended up, uh, um, taking the five grams of mushrooms right when the sun went down. And uh, the experience was absolutely extraordinary. Um, it was even, uh, it was just different from ayahuasca. You know, these are different teachers, essentially. Different personalities, I feel. And um, yeah, so it, it was a profound shift in my life at that point. Uh, they helped me integrate a lot. And then I moved forward from there. And I knew that was my path. They, they, it was like the, the medicine essentially uh, came to me and it was, telling me that it knew me even before I was born and this was my path. And that yeah. that's how gold cap integration network was actually, uh, uh, born. Well, out of that experience. Uh huh. Yep. And you, you were integrating in the mountains. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody listening to this has ever been to the Andes mountains, but there's this, uh, a part of the mountains called the sacred Valley. And the reason why it's called the sacred Valley is because a lot of the, uh, Quechua people, um, they had very rich soil there in the Valley where they can grow all their food and farm. And it was just a very, uh, self-sustainable environment. So they saw it as something that's sacred. 
but there was uh, there's many more things that actually are going on there. Um, so the reason why I chose to do that is because I wanted to learn from these old ways of the Quechua and just of these different tribes. And they believe in the, uh, that the, each mountain has a spirit. They call them Apus. So um, the mountain that I was on uh, essentially uh, was calling me. It, it allowed me to come up there. I asked for permission to, to do what I was doing. And uh, so I, you know, I had a little bit of uh, hiking underneath my belt, some survival skills underneath my belt. I knew what I needed. Um, I could start a fire. I put some hot stones around the fire so that way I can warm myself up whenever it got cold underneath my poncho, these types of things. Mm-hmm. And the rest was pretty much just sitting in one space, um, going inside of myself. And uh, it was very self-introspective. It, it was a beautiful journey. Wow. And so that was the inspiration behind the the Gold Cap Integration Network. Absolutely, yeah. And so what was the evolution from being an explorer to uh, doing what you do today uh, through that network? Oh, wow, the evolution. Let's see here. Well, uh, I was still in a, uh, in a job. Uh, I was at, working with software companies um, as they, I was basically paid to network hmm. uh, for software companies in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it, it, uh, I have already tried ayahuasca and, I, and there was a side of me that was like, wow, there's something to this. Um, I even uh, around that time, you know, there's a lot of when people work with psychedelics and they become you know, they, they have this transformative experience. I felt like at the time I had a little bit of a Jesus Christ complex where I was like, this medicine is for everybody. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, and, I've been under in a trip and thought to myself, people could heal themselves just by being near me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is common, man. This is really common. This is why integration I feel is so important. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, you know, moving forward, uh, I knew that there was something to this. And, and as I grounded myself and realized that this medicine wasn't for everybody, I realized that integration is absolutely the most important part of all of this. The medicine is very important. The person is very important. The set and setting is important. But the integration is even more important because it, without that, it's just a big waste of time. and It's a waste of, of, uh, of medicine. So, so what is integration? What does that, what does that even mean? Yeah. Well, integration to me means how do you apply the lessons that you've learned in your journey into your day-to-day life? Okay. That sounds, that sounds like a simple answer, but I'm guessing it's actually a little more complex to, sure. to make that happen. I can unpack it if you'd like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what integration and how we actually help people with integration is um, helping them re uh, I, I guess, Let's see how I would put this. Uh, kind of going back, help them go back into the trip through a guided meditation. So usually, what we do is help people relax by doing breath work, oxygenating the body, and calming the nervous system. And then what we what we do is we move forward with meditation, and we help them. Uh, we usually know the story of of the the whole journey that they had that they're integrating. Mm-hmm. So we actually guide them through with words into like basically them getting into their car and driving to the, to the session. And then all the way to the end, whenever they, they come through their front door of their home after the session. So what, it, what that allows them to do, because as you very well know, you probably know this is that sometimes these journeys can be pretty jarring. They can actually be very uh, fast 
Um, sometimes things can come up and they kind of just get lost. Uh, it's almost like a dream. Mm-hmm. Ever had that where you wake up from a dream and you knew that you had a profound dream, but you couldn't remember what it was, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so asking questions and asking the right questions and recalling these things for people is very important. And uh, it allows people to bring these, these new little nuggets, these golden nuggets that people would say normally just put off to the side and look at the big picture. They can actually look at the little things in between that are actually the, the best integration pieces. Hmm. So it's all those little details and you're able to bring all that back out. Usually, I mean, it's not easy for everybody. Yeah. 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 But usually, yeah, it, it brings up things. It brings up a lot of emotions too in, in a lot of different folks. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And so, what is it a long term? Is there more long term stuff after that? Because it sounds, you know, you mentioned the drive to your center and then the drive home. And, you know, what, what happens after that? Is there more that follows that? Yeah, so we treat it like a, a therapy session too. You know, uh, throughout life, we actually go through these, um, you know, challenges and tribulations. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I still go through, like you probably still go through, we're just human. And uh, sometimes we get swept away in that, you know, we have patterning in our, in the the neural net that, you know, wants us to go down those same grooves again. So what we do is we give support to people that need it. If they're going through a hard time with their family, they usually will reach out because they feel comfortable and they talk about it. And we ask them, how could they apply, you know, the integration pieces that we have already integrated and brought up, how can we go back to that space and apply what you've learned into your family, um, your family affairs? Um, so, you know, you, you do that and, you know, there's other things you can do too around like microdosing uh, therapy sessions, um, things like this uh, that can be very effective. And do you ever take them back, back to the medicine? You know, is there, is there going to, is a, it's time to have another personal ceremony, another big ceremony down in South America or, you know, do you, do you recommend it's okay. It, it sounds like it's time to have another ceremony to try to have another breakthrough or get another layer deeper or anything like that. And then, and then I guess on, on top of that, do you help them prepare for a trip like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, first thing to answer your first question, Stuart, is that I don't ever uh, persuade anybody to do anything. Right. Right. So I, I'm very careful with that. I don't say like you should go do a ceremony and, and look at this or anything. Um, I always uh, help them come up with their own answers. So, mm-hmm. you know, through my um, uh, sales training, uh, you know, I look back and I say, man, I'm really grateful for this, that mm-hmm. we were actually um, modeled off of Socrates, where Socrates was able to ask questions to pull the answers that his students already had in them. The old Socratic method. Socratic method. Yeah. yeah. So we would use that. And then um, should they uh, come to their own conclusion that they need to do a ceremony, um, we can help them establish a uh, strong platform for meditation, uh, breath work, yoga, whatever it is that makes them feel most comfortable and clear. Because we we're not dogmatic about any, you know, certain practices. You know, we don't say meditate, you have to do meditation or anything like that. That's not right. That it's not for everybody. Yeah. So you kind of find what's for them. So I don't want to turn this into a commercial for Gold Cap Integration Network. I am genuinely curious um, about what you're doing. So, so somebody out there listening to this and is thinking to themselves, 
maybe, maybe they've done a few ceremonies, maybe they've never done anything, but they're thinking, I need to do this. I, I feel the call, the pull on my heart, you know, to, to do this. Um, is that something you would, that they should reach out to you guys for and say, Hey, and I, and I know you talked about Los Angeles and Kentucky and the East coast and all this, but you're actually in Australia, right? Yeah, I'm here in Melbourne uh, for the time being. Uh, I've been traveling for the past three years doing my work. And um, yeah, we're just offering it pretty much everywhere we go. Uh, we offer pre and post uh, integration sessions. Mm -hmm. um, so somebody and, could come to you and even remotely, you, could you help them? Yeah. Through, yeah. Okay. So that, that would be somebody that's listening right now and thinking, okay, I'm feeling this. And I, and I like what Jim's saying. I think he could help me. So you, that's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, what else do you want to say about about the the work you're doing and in the medicines? Um, I got a couple more questions, but I want to make sure that I don't I don't leave something hanging out there that you want to get out. No, it's uh, I'm good to go. You can ask whatever you like. Okay. When you when you first started doing this, and and even now, you're you're very open about this, and you're talking about a lot here. Have you come across with uh, family, friends, you know, random strangers, any reaction to the, the stigma of working uh -huh. with, with psychedelics? Absolutely. It is my biggest teacher. Mm. Yeah. So you know, what, what kind of, what kind of, uh, you just get like the standard negative reactions of this is going to destroy your brain or you're going to have relapses or, I mean, what, uh, what kind of things do people say and, and how do you handle kind of getting them over that, that initial fear reaction to what you're doing? Well, um, you know, a lot of the, most of the time uh, when people are triggered by what I do, um, I, I, I try to, I, I always have to be calm, right? Because mm -hmm. what they're, what they're being triggered by, you know, they think it's being, it's me, but it's really not. It's just that they're not, they're being called to look at something, but uh, a lot of times they don't have somebody there to support them to look at it. And um, what they're actually doing is crying out for help. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I've witnessed is uh, most people are saying, yeah, you know, like uh, what you're doing is, is wrong. You know, you're just giving drugs to people. Mm -hmm. You're doing, you know, what you're doing is just to make money. Uh, it's not for, you know, healing or anything like that. You're just manipulating people. And, you know, that I'm a human being, you know, that stuff hurts. Yeah. I, still have an ego. Uh, I love my work. I'm very passionate about it. I think it's a, a beautiful thing and it hurts still. So, you know, it's, it, it's really hard, man. And you know, what I'll say right now is that uh, who I was uh, before I started gold cap integration is not who I am today. I'm much, much stronger, but I still have many more lessons to learn. Yeah. I hear you. When you, when you, you know, in your heart, the changes you've gone, you've gone through. Have you ever had somebody who's known your whole life look at you and say, you're not that different? <laughs> My mother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She still has this, uh, she has this ongoing story in her head that I, you know, I'm still a little boy. Yeah. And, uh, she wants me to return to that, but yeah. you know, I, it is what it is. You know, I can't change people's minds. Right. Right. It's not going to happen. Um, I'm going to put links, you know, I know, uh, I connected with you through the group you've got on Facebook and you've got the website. So I'm going to put links to some of these things, but 
just for yeah. the listeners here, do you, do you have any place, you know, if, if they're curious about what you do and, and all this stuff, wh- where should they go? Yeah, absolutely. So where we're most active at the current moment, uh, we're on gold cap integration network on Facebook. Um, so if people just go to the groups and search for that, um, you'll be able to find us, but, uh, we do have a website, goldcapintegration.com. Uh, we are actively, uh, putting up more things to help people. So we're doing, uh, much like yourself, you know, different podcasts, um, with people that have struggled with addictions, mm. Um, and conquered that and been clean for at least two years and more or more um, besides the use of psychedelics Um, and uh, yeah we're doing integration circles there Uh, we're offering uh, microdosing coaching pre and post integration so yeah just go to the website goldcapintegration.com and you should be able to find everything that you need okay awesome well anything else you want to get out there Listen to your heart, everybody. Um, you know, don't listen to the thinking that's going on uh, in the head there. Uh, if you think you want to uh, do psychedelics, um, I would advise you to sit with it a little bit longer until it's coming from your heart. Oh, great. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Jim, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to tell your story and share your wisdom with us. I'm really grateful for you doing that. You're very welcome, Stuart. And I hope that uh, maybe I can have you on my podcast one day. I would love that. Perfect, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. That concludes this edition of the Stoned Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.